listening to the Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm Todd with my co-host Alex Gary, and today Tom McNamara, the mayor of Rockford. Tom, it is especially good to see you here today. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with both of you. Uh, it's just really exciting. Thank you. There are cool things happening in Rockford. How long have you been mayor? I've been mayor about 13 and a half months. Oh, so we're counting them like we count children's like first months. He's 13 and a half months. So my, my youngest yeah. child is 13 and a half months old. This That's is how, how I know. It? Yeah. <laughs> Born three days after I was sworn in. So yeah. <laughs> It's uh, that's tied to not, a, not a real trick to this, right? You just look <laughs> at that one and say, that's, that's how long I've been mayor. Exactly. Oh, wow. What, uh, h- how has this been going for you? What is, what's been your experience? So I love it. Honestly, I, I think uh, everything I thought it would be, it's more. Yeah. So I think it's uh, more enjoyable. It's far more rewarding, but it's also more difficult, right? Um, right. And I think uh, those things that you walk in thinking may be challenges, uh, they are, but you also every day is something new. And so uh, I, I, I love the job. I really do. I, I think it's a job that no one should do for a, a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you would get worn out if you do it properly. But I absolutely love the job. I have a unique opportunity to go all over our great city, mm-hmm. be in places and businesses and meet with people that most uh, citizens don't have that same opportunity yeah. on a daily basis. So every day is new, every day is exciting, and every day is really challenging. I've seen you speak a handful of times, and I, I usually have a pretty good bullshit meter. And I've noticed that you you actually, I believe, have a genuine love for the community and a genuine love for people. You are a people person. You love talking to people, I mean, which is why you're excited to be here today and, and talk to everybody. And you seem like a real straight shooter, uh, which I find a, a bit refreshing. Uh, tell me what from your background has, has kind of brought that, that genuine love and, and, you know, here's, here's the progress we want to make. And I just want to go about doing the best job I can. Where did that develop? So can I answer that in two ways? Please. Uh, one, I'll answer the bullshit meter, uh, question, and then I'll answer the, the love of Rockford question, um, or my community question. Uh, the bullshit meter question Quite honestly, I ran a county work release program in Cleveland, Ohio, where mm-hmm. I helped men and women convicted of felonies uh, retain employment, get back on their feet, reconnect with their families. Um, if you want to know anyone who can call out bullshit quicker, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, typical. I dealt with a lot of men, so it was a, a man who spent 16 years uh, incarcerated. Didn't want me to BS him, right. and he knew when I was and when I wasn't immediately. Yeah, And so I, I just found that being upfront, honest, telling people how I feel, um, it doesn't always pan out, um, <laughs> but it does more so than not. Yeah. And once you start BSing someone, you always have to remember what you were BSing them about. Yeah. Now I don't need to remember because I, it's just the way I always feel. And so I try to be as upfront and honest as I can be yeah. when I can be. Mm-hmm. There's certain things I have to hold back just because non-disclosure sure. agreements, whatever that may be. But I try to be as upfront with citizens and connect with them and on the most true level I can. I, I still have a lot of work to do, but uh, I try to do my best. Um, second is the love. I'll be upfront. I have... I truly have the two best parents I think anyone could ask for. Um, and I have a family who just born and raised here. My youth was probably a little bit different than most, uh, just because of my father's position, but most people don't give enough credit to my mother. Uh, well, let's break in there because, uh, people who might not know you on the podcast wouldn't know your father was mayor of Rockford from 1980 was. to 89, 81 to 89, 81 yeah. to 89, which was 
uh, Rockford was in a depression at that point. So he was mayor at maybe our darkest moments. So within uh, within 12 months of taking office, we had 26% unemployment leading the nation. Wow. Um, I think one of the best things he did was he was everywhere. He connected. Uh, I hope I'm one-tenth of what he does but um, or is. But he connected with everyone. He was at every event. Uh, one thing he did really well that he probably doesn't get credit for is t- attempting to boost the spirits. At a time that you have 26% on, uh, unemployment, spirits are pretty low. Yeah. Uh, and so just being everywhere, telling people that you care, trying to work through issues, even if you don't have the money to, you know, be the silver bullet, working to find solutions, bringing folks together, I think was his best qualities. But growing up, my parents brought me every single place in the city. Uh, I mean, uh, we were at Bain's drive through we were at Zamudo's, we were everywhere, we were on the far east to the far west, meeting people and engaging with uh, uh, residents uh, that probably most citizens don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have the opportunity to go to all the phenomenal uh, assets that we have, either natural uh, or organizational in our community, we have a fantastic city. I mean, you add up all the assets of our city and you didn't tell someone it was Rockford, they would love the community and they'd be like, how do I move there? We have a great city. I think that's true. We talk to uh, people all the time, many, many of whom are out from outside the area. And I've noticed, and I think this is symptomatic maybe of just human nature, but we've noticed that people who are in the community are far more critical about the community and have a lot of complaints uh, compared to those people who come from outside and they're like, I love this place. There's so many things to do. Right. <laughs> and and you hear from people in turn, you know, who've been here their whole lives. And they're like, there's nothing to do in Rockford. And it's like, so having, having visited all of these um, kind of different sub communities within the greater community of Rockford, you feel that that kind of opened your eyes into that. There are, there are a lot of things going on. There's a lot of potential. Uh, how do you apply that then to now now that your job is kind of, you know, to be the leader of this, of this city, how do you apply those lessons learned into your day to day? So that's a, something I continue to work on. Um, I think when you have the opportunity to visit with so many people, uh, I, I won't speak for everyone. I'll just speak for myself because I, I think it's probably unfair for me to speak for everyone. But when you have the opportunity to meet people on a very real basis in their workshop, uh, on their factory floor, uh, in their business, at their nonprofit, at their church. If you take the time to truly listen, you should walk away with a greater appreciation. You may not always agree with the person, Mm -hmm. but it is really difficult to not walk away with a lot more empathy for where that person's coming from, what they've went through themselves. Uh, And so what I'm trying to do And I don't know if I'm successful yet, to be honest with you, Jason. I think what I'm trying to do is connect with people on a real basis, but also share those stories Mm -hmm. uh, with the broader community so that maybe they don't have the opportunity uh, to go out to the mosque uh, and have a meal uh, with the, the members of the mosque. 
but how can I share my meals and my experiences at that mosque yeah. with other people and tell them the values, the family values, the core values that the members of the mosque have are really wonderful values that, honestly, if we as a community had, we'd be a stronger city. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you share those different experiences with people who may not have them? So I think getting out into our schools, getting out to our businesses, getting out to our neighborhood associations, that's all part of that that program and plan that we're trying to work. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, so speaking of day to day, uh, it tends to, I, I know from myself, I, you know, I'm, I'm critical of other folks and I look at their jobs and I think somehow I, I, uh, may not realize how difficult another person's job is. And you think, well, why can't they just get this thing done? Or why can't they go here? What, why can't they speak to that person? And, and from the outside, there's very little insight really into, uh, into what it takes to you know walk in those shoes. I hear you get up really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. What time you get up? So if I'm on my game, <laughs> uh, I'm up at four. If I'm not, I'm up at five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I've got two teenagers, mm-hmm. and you know t- nine ten a.m. might be a stretch. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> From when I was young, I was always up early. Okay. And there would be times I was up so early, I, my parents would say, you just can't, you can get up. You just can't leave your room. <laughs> and so I would organize my room. I would clean my room. I would do everything I could, play with my baseball cards, whatever it was. Yeah. I would, but I would be up. I'm, a, I'm an early riser. So I'm up at between four and five. Uh, it doesn't take me long. Uh, I'm lucky because I, I'm a Mactamara, but I still have hair. Uh, so it doesn't take me a whole long, long time to get ready, and I'm gone. Uh, my kids don't wake up till 7.30 or 8. I know I won't be home when yeah. they wake up. Yeah. Uh, but I try to go get to the office, try to get as much done as I can uninterrupted yep. for the first two, three hours. Mm-hmm. And then once 7, 7.30 rolls around, I know other employees are going to start filtering in, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start taking a lot of questions and a lot of meetings. So I try to... I'm sharpest in the morning. Yeah. If you ask me to come to a meeting at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, I'll be there. Right. I just won't be as sharp as I will be at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So you carefully, I, I'm probably out of necessity, but it seems also out of choice. Uh, you carefully guard your time. And I would assume, I don't know, correct, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you carefully guard your time, you also kind of set yourself up for whatever that primary thing is you need to do that day and accomplish. You've, you've kind of built your schedule into being being fresh and having the energy for that. Certainly. I, so I, I've mentioned to you in conversations, uh, I'm a list guy. Um, I make a lot of lists and, um, I put them in priority and I don't like going to bed unless I get my list done. Um, and so, uh, I do have to roll things over. Sometimes mm-hmm. things are out of my control or sometimes I make mistakes and I can't, or I spend too much time on a smaller item. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm someone that if I make lists and I'm old school that I write them down and I have little check boxes next to them so mm-hmm. that I can check them off and I can then rip up that piece of paper. Um, I don't make lists on my phone. I don't do any of those things, but I, I definitely have a, an organization to my day and I'll be upfront and say, I'm really fortunate for, um, the three primary things. One is, uh, I have, Truly, and I mean this, a wife I really don't deserve the work that she does. Her job is so much harder than mine. Um, I'm fortunate that I have an assistant that is very 
cognizant and just exceptional at her job uh, and keeps me on task. And three, broadly, we have a fantastic staff that really gets a lot of work done and respects my time and respects uh, and truly appreciates the opportunity they have to serve the city. We came um, and saw you talk uh, this last weekend at a mastermind conference, and uh, which was with one of our old podcasters, E. Mark Malavolti. One of the things you talked about is that your all your department heads are fifteen to twenty years older than you, and they have decades of experience at doing what they do. So, how do you? You're an elected person. They have to, you know, they have to respect you because it's you. You won an election. It's your job, but you still have to earn their respect. So how do you do that? And this is, you know, tie this back to people who take over companies, but they have people in place that are older than them, have more experience. How do you go about winning the respect so they're not doing it because I have to? He's, you know, my boss, but doing it because he's sharp and I want to follow his vision. So again, I, I don't think I'm the best at it, but what I have tried to do, we have great people. Um, so I try to, those that I've had the opportunity to hire, I try to get someone far smarter than me that is just really exceptional. And we've been able to do that. And, you know, Sharice Hunter in our HR department, she is truly phenomenal. We are just fortunate to have her. Um, and we really are. Uh, what I try to do is let them run their department. I have certain goals, and I want to know where they're at in those goals, but I do not micromanage, and I don't think you'll find one department head ever say, I'll micromanage them. I will ask them pointed questions, and I will grill them over why they're coming to certain solutions uh, or end goals for themselves, but I really try to let them do their job. They're experts. We hired them. I, I'm a big believer. If you hire someone to do a job, you have to let them do that job. Uh, you can question them throughout that process. You can set goals for them. Uh, but I tried to stay in constant contact with them and just give them the support they need to get their job done. Where did you learn your management style? How'd that come about? I think it's just life. Uh, I, I don't, I, I've been fortunate that I've been really fortunate. There's a handful of people that have really probably shaped me to where I am. Uh, one is my mom and dad, probably a little bit more on my dad's side, just because growing up, I was always with them. Um, then there was a gentleman named Dave Gomel, uh, who worked at Ro still works at Rosecrans. Now he's uh, president of, or CEO of Rosecrans. He uh, just has a unique mind and a way to make you think of things in a different light. Uh, Mike Brosky, just his work ethic, I think, is bar none in our community. And just having lunches with him, talking to him, uh, I just uh, have immense respect for him. Another is uh, Tom Rose, former executive uh, at Dean Foods. I had the opportunity to serve with him on the Northwest Community Center Board. And I don't think he ever even realized what I was doing, but every time I would go to that board meeting, I'd sit right next to him because <laughs> the way he looked at the finance and our budget at Northwest Community Center, which someone says, oh, it's just a community center. It was about a $7 million budget. So yeah. it wasn't just it's eh, not just a community eh, center. Yeah. So <laughs> we were doing a lot of stuff. I was, I'm still young, but I was a lot younger. I would sit right next to him because after the first two meetings, that man could look at that budget and find where we could save money or where we could increase revenue in minutes. And so then I said, 
do you want to grab coffee? And I started slowly getting closer and closer <laughs> to him, uh, probably bugging him at times. Yeah. Um, but I just sucked on to people and try to grab what I can from them. So um, I'm pretty exper- exper- experiential learner, I yeah. would say, as opposed to people say, you know, well, what books are in this? I'm more, I love learning from people I respect. So, because we haven't gotten into this yet, what was your business background before you became mayor? And how is running a municipality like a business and how is it not? So I've never run my own business. I've run my own. So I've ran this uh, county work release program. Uh, I wrote grants and developed programs for people with disabilities at Goodwill. But for about seven, six years, six and a half, seven years, I worked uh, for an insurance company here in Rockford called Eckberg Insurance Group. Uh, I started out with zero clients, uh, zero premium, zero commission, uh, and built uh, about a $2.5 million book of business. And what I did there is I do not – I. I really like to succeed at things I put my mind to, um, and I'm pretty competitive uh, with myself, uh, probably more so than anyone else. Uh, like, I don't really compare myself, let's say, to you or to Jason or anyone else. Jason's I, incomparable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know he about is that. signing your paycheck, <laughs> Thanks, <Jeez>. Alex. <laughs> um, but I... I compete against myself a lot and think if I can do better. So I would set goals... Um, so I can't say how is it compared to for-profit to government. I can tell you I can't fire citizens. I can't fire the most needy people in our community. I really look at us as not a for-profit business. I look at us more as a family who needs to uh, pay their bills and make sure everyone's taken care of. Um, so, yes, there's aspects that I need to increase revenue. I need to do uh, cut expenses. But I can't do that at the detriment of some population over another i have to as mayor try to make decisions that are in the best interest of everyone and sometimes i do that well and other times i learn lessons how how is it or or what what does it look like to communicate with an audience who won't go away what do you mean by that i mean that by if if you were just playing a, a, a role uh on stage let's say right you go, up, you go up to that stage and the audience comes in there and they listen to your thing for a little bit and then they exit, right? And they're kind of quiet. In government, it's visible all the time. People take an interest in every little thing you do, probably. Uh, and you can't, you can't just disappear. They won't disappear. And at the end of the day, you're a guy, right? Trying to do his, his best with whatever gifts he's got and the experience that he's got. And we elected you. So we chose you too, right? Um, that's got to take some sort of uh, cognizant effort to um, to kind of handle yourself and manage your communication and uh, maybe not go insane. You know, how do you shut it off? And, and how do you, you kind of make it through and just, you know, be Tom, but also be our mayor? 
So you're probably hitting on the, in my opinion, the absolute hardest part of the job. The yeah. hardest part of the job isn't sitting in the office. <laughs> I mean, right. the hardest part of the job is 24 seven. Yeah. Because it literally is 24 seven, 365. And yeah. you're right. I have brothers and sisters. I have sick, sick relatives. I have, you know, parents who are yeah. aging. I have got a 13 a month wife. old baby. <laughs> I have a 13 month old baby. I have a 27 month old baby. Yeah. I mean, he, there's life, right? Yeah. Um, so I probably still haven't figured that out. Um, I it's probably, gotta be difficult because I would think that it, you know, everybody has their, wants to get their needs met. Right. And we, and for whatever reason, you know, people look to you and say, Hey, meet my needs, you know, for the community. And, but you almost can't look back at them and say, Hey, I'm going to disappear for a while because I've got this family thing going on yeah, over here. Never. <laughs> um, so I take five days off a year and when I take those five days, I still have my phones and yeah. I communicate with city hall at least two or three times a day when I'm gone. Um, so I think the hardest part to the first portion of your question about the audience and, you know, sometimes yeah. they'll leave. I, my hardest part is to make sure that we are communicating because you're right. Citizens don't leave but their attention spans come and go, right? Yeah. And their interest level, they may be interested in our garbage contract, but they have no interest in our capital improvement plan. Right. But until they hear something else six <laughs> months later. So I think our hardest challenge is to communicate consistently 12 months a year, every yeah. single day, pushing out so that it isn't our fault that they don't know about something. Right. And I mean, just to put this in perspective, you look at, uh, and I'm, I mean this truly in no disrespect, or I, I'm not making a pot shot at anyone, but you look at the school district, you have what, 10 to 15 people doing communication. Yeah. You look at the park district, they have seven full-time employees doing communication. You look at the city of Rockford, we have one. Yeah. <laughs> so... We need to change that. So we're hiring a, a, a public information officer f just for public safety okay. so that our other, the current one person can focus on all the other things going on in our community so that we can continue to over communicate. I'd yeah. rather over communicate and we are far from where I want to be on communication. Um, the turning off, um, I... I, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I'm really fortunate that I have the partner I have uh, mm -hmm. and Sarah. Um, I feel far worse for her than I do for myself mm -hmm. every single day. I mean, I think it's something to get used to when I walk into a grocery store and I get 45 questions uh, right. when I'm trying to get a 2% <laughs> right. gallon of melons, milk, <laughs> you know, um, that I signed up for yes. and I knew, and I uh, understand and I'm the person on the ballot. I'm the, uh, you know, person they voted for. I'm ready for that. Yeah. It's different when, you know, I'm trying to organize, a one-year-old birthday party and my <laughs> wife uh wants both of us to go to you know babies are rust to pick out gifts right. for our, our one-year-old um and 14 people stop me and my wife's like hey i thought we were shopping together for the one hour we have together right um those are more difficult so i think she has a far more difficult job and i think she's handled it with a lot of grace and to be honest uh, she's still with me and i think she still loves me so i'm feeling pretty good about it thus far <laughs> yeah that says a lot <laughs> you know you bring up okay so let's talk a little bit about um the city's role 
with development and and issues in that case you bring up babies are us that's going to be an empty storefront no doubt fairly soon yep. two big empty storefronts i mean have lots of empty storefronts because of the the changing things in retail um before the podcast we were talking about how banks have to shift uh downward so what is the city's what do you see as the city's role in trying to find places to fill or or bringing in business or convincing people to tear these buildings down so that's a kind of a struggle and if you look around and do reading a lot of communities are struggling with it we here locally are struggling what's our role what's rockford area economic development's council our Mm -hmm. local economic development council's role what's the county's role what are all what's the regional one planning council's role what are is, is everyone's role i think we're struggling with finding out what that is i think what we're doing now to me isn't the best. I, I don't think it's proven. We're not flooding our market with new businesses. I think we're doing well, but I don't know if it's because of our organization or because the economy overall is doing well. Could yeah. we be doing better? I always think we can be doing better. Um, from our standpoint right now, we have uh, we are working to build uh, our economic development department. Um, I think, number one, we need to focus on uh, probably two big areas. One is make sure that the businesses are here, have the support that they need to expand uh, and uh, be as profitable as they can be and make sure that we are getting out of their way. If that's from permitting and processes and how they do their plan reviews to us just getting out to them, uh, as I try to do every week, we try to meet with two to three businesses saying, what do you need? Um, And often they need nothing or often they need very simple things. Um, That's one area is we have to make our processes a lot simpler than what they are today um, and be more accommodating to businesses in the changing marketplace. The other area that I think... uh, we have a lot of work to do is uh, I'll put kind of group three groups into one entrepreneurs, women and minority owned businesses. We have really talented people in all three of those kind of categories. We're not doing enough at all for them. And right now, I think with the diversity of our city, the diversity of our school district, you look at over 60 languages being spoken in our school district. We need to harness that diversity. We need to harness uh, those bright minds to let them have the opportunity to succeed. How do we do that? Do we change our facade program to help fund smaller entrepreneurs and let them have that opportunity? I think so. Uh, Is that enough? Probably not. We need someone, uh, I mean, to... We get people that may not know about your organization and the work that you're doing here for entrepreneurs. We need to make sure that we're not, we don't need to do all the work. We need to help facilitate the work that's being done. And in many ways, if that facilitation is getting out of the way, and and in many times that facilitation is just simply connecting people. Um, I don't believe, and I'll be upfront, we don't have the funds to do all the work. I think you're going to see our role be much more of a facilitator uh, and much more of... um, When it comes to those storefronts, I would say we will be open as well as aggressive in how we partner with the for-profit sector to make sure that those are filled because we have 
already a lot of vacant large complexes uh specifically down east state street which has you know 10 years ago 12 years ago 14 years ago was our strongest core well that's got to be a huge challenge i mean being the being in leadership in the government and again the kind of the community looking to looking for you or the organization of government to make a difference in that and yet the tide of retail is you cannot swim against that tide it is it's just what's happening and nobody knows exactly sure how to compete with that or what's coming next. Um, you know, and that, I think, um, what would you, what would you ask from businesses or from the community to, to do as, as we as communities and as we as the world kind of like the, the whole retail thing and how it affects our, our, our cities, what would you ask from us to consider? I mean, cause you have a totally different perspective on it, you know, maybe, being in in leadership of 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 the city uh than we as we as individuals i don't know if i'll directly answer that i'll try my best so from businesses perspective i'd ask them to engage and ask questions and come to us with their issues don't sit back and say uh, and talk about the issues and say the city's not doing anything we have limited resources Mm -hmm. And when we don't know about a problem, we're not going to address it mm-hmm. because we don't know about it. It's not that we don't want to know about it. Right. It's that we have limited resources, so we address those problems that are evident and that we uh, and are aware about, of yeah. and that we can do something. I would say for businesses, be creative. Uh, let us know. Say, come to us with solutions. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we get uh, – I sh- shouldn't say we. I get a lot of people uh, every single day that I meet with that are very, very good, exceptional actually, at uh, providing me a problem. Mm-hmm. I get few people who provide me solutions. Yeah. And when someone provides a solution, you see our city jump really quickly and try to make it happen. Um, I'd say from citizens, the same thing. I, it is so easy right now, and we talked about it a little bit this weekend at that Masterminds conference about... Uh, Social media has provided a platform, in my opinion, for a lot of really weak individuals, Um, people who want to show their friends that they're active and engaged, but truly not be active and engaged. Um, And the people that shoot down everything, just nothing's a good idea because it didn't come from them. Yeah. I, I mean, there's those folks. uh, There's that saying of the, uh, the people with the fewest facts have the loudest opinions. Yeah. It, and it's, they uh, type in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they type in all caps. The, God or angry emojis. God, yeah. God bless uh, the, some of the older folks who've received smartphones and they're just typing in all caps. It's like, no, 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 you're screaming. You don't know you're screaming. <laughs> Everything you're saying is coming gross, controversial. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but it is. I don't. I, I need advice on that. Um, yeah. Because we struggle internally about my communication on social media, about our city's communication. Do we respond? Do we not respond? Um, It's a challenge. I I lean more towards (laughs) to respond and respond very directly. I mentioned it this weekend, but um, I respond and I'll often, often give my cell phone. Yeah. Because people don't communicate. They don't want to have a phone call. They don't want to meet me in person. Right. They did. They want to hide. And then when you say, well, I'll be over here at this time. Well, of course, you pick 8 a.m. on a Saturday. No one can be there at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. Okay, well, how about 
five o'clock, five thirty on a Tuesday. Well, no one can do that. So they come up with all these excuses when they're just man-made excuses so that they don't have to face the real reality, right? That they can sit back and be those Facebook warriors and complain as opposed to get involved. They, they, tw- uh, I think it was Wendy's, right? Didn't Wendy's um, get a bunch of attention because its Twitter feed became just really snarky and jokey, right? And so, you know, but you can't really do that if you're Rockford, right? You have to, you can't be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't be snarky? <laughs> but you, yeah, but you do have to respond. You have to be out there because if... If, if somebody puts misinformation out there, it gets amplified a hundred times before the truth gets out. Right. No, you're right. And so we struggle with it. When you look at um, best practices, are there other, what have you found out there that you're, you're looking at that, okay, that's interesting. We should try that. For what? Just uh, the communication. Cause that, that's one thing we talked about in the mastermind is, and, and I'll, you know, take a step back for a second. You know, I'm, I've been part of transform Rockford since it's, mm-hmm almost its beginning, and I do a lot of their research. So there's always, it's easy to find bad headlines because of some of our metrics. Um, your job is to communicate the positive things going. So have you looked around and, and seen similar communities who are doing a better job of communicating uh, the good? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'll speak from the city, and then I'll speak from me as just one person as mayor. So um, I do follow several different mayors throughout the country and see what they do to communicate. Um, and I steal what I believe are the neatest, best ideas that I've seen. So there is, uh, and I'm blanking on the gentleman's name, uh, but there's a, a younger African-American mayor, mayor in uh, South Carolina. And he uh, had a plan to meet with religious leaders. His idea was, Hey, if I meet, uh, it's that kind of people of influence. If you meet with people who other people go to for advice and thoughts and, uh, trust what they say, uh, you can, uh, kind of be a force multiplier with your efforts. So we are starting this month, actually, uh, I'll be hosting quarterly meetings with, uh, religious leaders in our city. Um, they'll be pretty basic. I think they'll probably be a little shocked at how basic the meetings will be. I think they're coming in thinking, oh my gosh, I was summoned by the mayor to be at this meeting. What could it be? (laughs) It's going to be a 10 minute update by me. And what questions do they have? What ideas do they have? What are their parishioners most concerned about? How can I do better at my job to communicate with all their parishioners Mm -hmm. to bring our city together? That's a simple thing. Another one is, uh, I had a gentleman after the home rule say, you know, you're missing uh, the entire uh, African-American community uh, because you're solely going to pastors. Okay, what do you think I should be doing? He said, you need to go to the people. I said, I agree. Where are the people? We knock on their doors. We make phone calls to them. Where, what else do you want me to do? He said, when's the last time you were at a barber shop? <laughs> I said, except for getting a haircut? Probably never. Right. <laughs> so we are starting now uh, in July to go to barbershops. There is actually a, every Saturday I watch this one um, yeah. person does Dixon. a barbershop. Yeah, Royce, Royce. Dixon does yep. a barbershop talk, and it's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. And so he's uh, and so we'll stop by. I think that's actually in Lutz Park where mm-hmm. they do it, but we'll stop by. Um, the other thing, uh, Mayor Pete Butitage, uh in South Bend does uh, meetups with the mayor. 
So we stole that idea, and now we do coffee with the mayor, and uh, I've been trying to convince staff to do a beer with the mayor. That sounds more <laughs> my style and more fun. Um, I'll join you. Yeah, they, they're they now talking about like a limit of beers, which I think is a little over the top. Um, <laughs> well, you know, these craft beers get more alcohol in there, so it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which can be problematic, but yeah, we're going to be... Because you're not a big person. You're yeah. <laughs> so we're, we do those meetups, coffees with the mayor, and we just, I literally sit in a coffee shop for, we designate hour, hour and a half. Whoever wants to come, sign up, talk to me, ask me directly face-to-face what questions you have. Uh, as a city, one big thing we're working on is, uh, so we have a limited communications department, but we have one or two people now working on communications. RACVB's working on communications. RADC has someone working on communications. County works on communications. Uh, park districts and school districts, you have all these folks doing communications. Why aren't we aligning our strategy and why yeah. aren't we celebrating each other's successes? Yeah. So now they're all meeting, which I think is a nice first step. Um, and they're all uh, working together to promote one another's activities, but also get that aligned vision. Uh, so I think we have a lot of work there to do. But if you look at the amount of money, all of us government units and kind of I guess not really government units that act like government units. Um, the amount of money we spend on communications collectively is a lot. Mm-hmm. We should be making a huge impact. And how can we do that better? That's awesome. Well, we could talk uh, down any of these roads for an extensive amount of time. And I think we uh, we always enjoy these chats. Okay. Uh, so thanks for being on the What Works podcast. Thanks for having me. If there's me. anything uh, that you have as a listener uh, that you want to talk to, uh, the mayor about it sounds like he's open to, to your questions uh, to reason things through uh, and also any ideas and and I think like you mentioned um, if if you've got a solution for a problem that that really trumps the can we say that can we even say Trump that uh, he you know it used to be a thing you, you had playing the Trump card now you can't tell you, we can't even say that anymore so so <laughs> just another thing he screwed up but that's all right Golly. Yeah. Oh well. I will have to come up with something else. If you've got a solution, that's better than uh, coming to come with a problem because everybody can identify the problems. Uh, so again, fascinating. Thanks for being here. Uh, is there anything that you want to? Any word of wisdom? Anything that's on top of your mind? Any quote? Anything that? that so I don't have a lot you? of wisdom. The one thing I will say uh, to listeners: be active and engaged. I think the one blessing we have in the city of Rockford is, by and large, all of your representatives are very accessible. And I don't know if citizens understand the impact that they can have with a simple phone call, a simple email to an alderman or the mayor. You will get them to respond, mostly. Uh, <laughs> and that that email, uh, if it's about a current issue or about a suggestion, is truly valuable. So I would say be engaged. If you are engaged, stay engaged. If you're not, get engaged. We need you to be part of the solution. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.